0: From the Capital City, I'm Kevin Allen. Governor Mike Dunleavy signed the fiscal year 2023 budget on Tuesday. Accepted budget items include full funding of public education, a one-time payment of $57 million for a base student allocation increase, $2.5 million in additional pre-kindergarten grants for a total of $5.7 million, and full funding of school bond debt reimbursement. Vetoed projects and services were rural public broadcasting, $27 and in deferred maintenance for the University of Alaska and See Alaska Heritage Institute's Workforce Development Program. Office of Management and Budget Director Neil Steininger and the governor spoke to media on school bond debt reimbursement.
1: The total of school bond debt reimbursement in this budget is back pay of $220 million for um school bond debt reimbursement that was not fully paid in prior years, as well as another about $80 million for a total of just over $300 million in school bond debt reimbursement going out to communities.
2: And again, the idea behind that is we have a windfall that we got off the backs of Alaskans. When we didn't have money, when I first came in, we had a $1.6 billion deficit. This is an opportunity to transfer some of that wealth back to the people of Alaska, through their municipalities, through the bond debt reimbursement.
0: The governor summarized the nearly $3,200 PFD in energy rebate that Alaskans will soon see and about investments elsewhere in the state.
2: It has a historic high PFD of $3,200. I mean, for a family of five, that's $16,000. That's going to go a long way to help with uh, a number of expenses that I'm sure people are incurring uh, across the board. We do this with no new taxes. There are no new taxes uh, in this budget. We've uh, we do this uh, we do this also with historic investments in public safety, uh, a, a, a considerable uh, robust capital budget uh, to take care of ports, bridges, work on the ferry system, uh, harbors, roads, and this will put people to work as well. As mentioned, we invest in education. Uh, this is going to add certainty. And I, I, this this budget really what this budget does is it adds certainty to an otherwise uncertain world that we're in right now.
0: Dunlevy says the budget will get money out into the state where it's needed most. He says the capital and education budgets are also more certain now.
2: We want to inject public, or excuse me, uh, um, certainty into our capital budgets so that people know that we're building Alaska and putting people to work. We want to inject certainty in our education that we do believe that our education system can be better. We do believe that kids can learn. Uh, and also that teachers know that uh, they'll have a contract and that superintendents and principals and, uh, and other staff will know that they have uh, the funds there to do the job. This gives us an opportunity next year to talk about some of the policy issues surrounding education. How do we improve education? So this gives us a, a, a real opportunity there as well.
0: Rural investments are also a big part of the budget, he says. Dunlavey says savings with no new taxes are a keystone of his budget.
2: And in the end, we save a lot of money. We save a lot of money for the future. We save a lot of money for a potentially an uncertain future. We don't know what the price of oil is going to be, but the amount of money that we have in savings, the amount of money we have in our endowments, um, uh, we believe that uh, we would be able to fund another year of government, even if the price of oil went down in the 30s or high 20s.
0: Dunleavy vetoed nearly $700 million in the budget given to him by legislators. During a recent Capital Chat program, the city's tourism director, Alexandra Pierce, spoke about tourism best management practices and how it is listening to Juno about issues surrounding the return of visitors to the capital city. TBMP is an overseer of what's going on in Juno with a set of guidelines that crews and the cruise ship industry, as well as tour companies, follows.
3: I work closely with the tourism best management practices team. Um, I'm copied on every single hotline email, so I so you do I get see those. Them. I do get those. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I, I, some people
2: like to think you don't. So yeah,
3: <laughs> nope, nope. I read every single one of them. So, um, you know, typically um, it's the the industry that responds to the the hotline. Emails and calls, um, unless it's particularly a city issue, but understanding the impacts is absolutely a city issue.
0: Pierce says the capacity of cruise ships is right where it was expected to be this season.
3: I think it's right on base with what we budgeted for about 60% capacity for our marine passenger fee budget. Um, And that was... Kind of an educated guess at the time, but I think I think we're kind of right on that. You know, some some ships are fuller, some ships are less full, but um, we've I I've heard that we've been tracking at about 60 percent.
0: And Ironman participants, Pierce says, have largely obtained housing, and the city is looking forward to more events like it.
3: There have been a lot of um, rumors out there about. The Ironman creating housing issues, or people, Ironman competitors not being um, able to find housing. Um, my understanding is that um, we've we've got most people housed, and um, the city's been working with people who are setting up kind of new nightly rental um, opportunities for the Ironman. And um you know I'm I'm really excited about this event and we've talked a lot about wanting to attract more independent visitors and um creating that type of market in Juno and um the Iron Man is a really excellent opportunity to um showcase our community.
0: Juno Tourism Director Alexandra Pierce. The Juno Assembly took up the one percent sales tax list from assembly members during their meeting Monday. Mayor Beth Weldon relayed where the proposed $60 million would go.
4: Building maintenance including city projects were about $12 million. Different projects related to uh, increasing housing was about $10 million. Uh, we did give $2.5 million to child care, uh, $5 million to Parks and Rec because we plan on trying to go to the voters for a bond for a turf field and some other improvements at the Derrick Kennedy. North State Office building $5 million dollars. JPD radio system, $2 million. Uh, Lemon Creek Multimodal Path, we've already given it 1.5, and we gave it another 1.5, so that's still in the early stages. Uh, information Technology, $3 million. Waterfront Museum, $2 million. Street Maintenance Shop Bays, $2 million. Um, Harbor Projects in Grant Matches, $6.5 million. And the uh, Assembly requested Aurora and North Douglas be looked at. Um, so we'll see what uh, they do there. And then our final um, one, we gave $1 million to our restricted budget reserve because we have to pay that back. Um, and then also $1.6 million to energy efficiency projects.
0: And the mayor says the proposed rollback of sales tax on food will not go to an advisory vote, but will be presented to voters in a survey.
4: We talked about the advisory vote for a little bit, and then the deputy mayor still had brain power left, and she suggested that we do a statistical valid survey um, instead, because um, with the advisory vote, we can—it's hard to ask any kind of nuanced question because it has to be a yes or no that someone can mark a um, fill in a hole. Where a survey, you can say. Um, you know how important it is to you a scale of one to ten. How important is something to you? And so we elected to go with a survey. So you will not see an advisory um, uh, question on the ballot about the sales tax on food. And said we'll see, do a survey this fall. So and that's going to cost us somewhere about twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars to do that.
0: Mayor Weldon. Alaska has lost a giant in politics and broadcasting. Former Alaska State Senator and KINY radio host Dennis Egan passed away yesterday morning at an assisted living home in Salem, Oregon. Egan was 75 years old. He was the son of Alaska's first governor, William Bill Egan. Egan represented Juneau from 2009 until 2019. He previously served as the mayor of Juneau from 1995 to 2000 and was a member of the assembly prior to that. In 1980, he began hosting KINY's Problem Corner. He continued to host the show up until 2010. Juno you know Senator Jesse Keel said this of his mentor:
1: "Dennis was tremendous Alaskan. Um, you know, here's somebody who was at the Constitutional Convention. I mean, he was nine, but but he was at the Constitutional Convention, and he's seen everything since uh, in in Alaska's history and statehood. Um, he." Uh, could work with, loved to work with anybody. Um, and one of his favorite sayings was, it's not an R's and D's thing, right? Solving problems first, issues first, and, I mean, did he have strong beliefs? You bet. And he worked for him. But but anytime people could come together and fix things for Alaska, that's what Dennis
0: did. Keel also extended condolences to the family of Egan. KINY's Kelly Perez worked closely with Egan over the years. Perez said this about Egan's abilities behind a microphone.
1: I do have decades working for Dennis, and, and we'll just tell you point blank that uh, easily the best boss and among the best broadcasters that I have ever worked with, um, learned a lot from him. If, if there was a better talk show host than Dennis Egan, uh, I don't know who it would have been.
0: Egan was named as the Alaska Broadcaster Association's Broadcaster of the Year in 1990 and was named to the Alaska Broadcasters Association's Hall of Fame in 2001. Egan's political outlook was also something refreshing, Perez said.
1: What I find completely absent in radio talk shows, and politics too for that matter, uh, in this day and age, and that is the ability to allow a world of opinions in and then use facts to distinguish what's real from what's skewed and Dennis was expert at that and he was not only expert at that you know when he had a long time to consider what those facts were but he was expert at that uh, at that on a very spontaneous timing
0: former mayor Bruce Patello served in city government with Egan
1: this is a great loss for um, the people of Genoa and uh, for uh, the entire region Dennis, um, both in in, in his entire public life, whether serving on the assembly, ultimately as mayor, and as state senator, uh, always was looking out for Juno's best interests. I would say his great contribution was just being a a public advocate around the state um, on behalf of Juno.
0: Matalo added that despite Egan's good humor, he was always dead serious about protecting Juno. Juno Chamber of Commerce Executive Director Craig Dahl reacted while on action line: "The state and the city and, and all of his friends lost a great man, and uh, um, it's one of the reasons that we uh, awarded Dennis a Lifetime Achievement Award three years ago, and uh, well deserving." And, um, and I'm sure as the days go on, you'll probably hear many of Dennis's antics over the years. And uh, I can just say that uh, we're going to miss him. The Alaska National Guard has released details about the C-17 that was seen operating in the vicinity of Juneau Monday afternoon. The C-17 Globemaster is assigned to the Alaska Air National Guard located at Joint Base Elmendorf-Richardson. The C-17 was flying under the callsign Sitka-21, and the aircrew was conducting Alaska familiarization and pilot training. According to Dana Russo, the Chief of Public Affairs Operations for the Alaska National Guard, as the 144th Airlift Squadron receives new pilots, they are trained to ensure that they are familiar with Alaska and and in particular the challenging locations Alaska offers for pilots. Juneau is one of the locations with particularly technical terrain when the weather is marginal or poor. Both pilots are prior enlisted members of the 176th wing and were selected to become pilots through the wing's pilot hiring program. One is now an instructor pilot and the other just returned from the initial qualification course for C-17 pilots. Two Juno organizations are teaming up to create a diaper bank. Rachel Glenhart, Hello Baby coordinator for Bartlett Regional Medical Center, and Blue Schreiber, executive director of the Association of Education of Young Children, or AEYC, spoke on the partnership while guests on Capital Chat. Schreiber said that AEYC holds the Partnership for Families and Children's Program, a coalition of various agencies in Juno who serve families and children.
5: So it was through the monthly meetings of that coalition where this theme kept coming up that, that all these agencies were seeing the need in the families that they work with for um, access to diapers. Um, diapers are really expensive, but it's also just a universal basic need that, that all children or young children have. And so we started talking about uh, how we could support families to access diapers.
0: Glenn Hart said that she had received many calls asking for diapers.
5: This was just a common need. It's the number one request I get from our families in Juneau is diapers. So um, a diaper bank is a place where we can actually, as organizations, access diapers and take them out to families who need them. And it's no questions asked. The goal is really to just increase that access so families don't have to worry so much about where they're going to get their diapers from.
0: Hart said that the Juno Partnership for Families and Children teamed with Alaska Children's Trust.
5: And They've actually started a statewide coalition of six diaper banks across Alaska. And I think it's actually the first state coalition in the nation um, to do this sort of uh, fundraising campaign together. So if you want to donate, then you can actually visit AEYC's webpage, which is aeyc dash. S-E-A. S-E-A. <laughs> dot <org. laughs> and their webpage will actually connect you to that fundraising campaign. Um, but our goal is to raise money um, for Alaska in general, but you can't actually specify that your donation go straight to Juneau so that we know that our families in Juneau will receive the benefit of your donation.
0: Lenhardt explained how to donate.
5: If you have a pack of diapers that you want to donate, go ahead and reach out to Hello Baby, and you can reach me, Rachel Gladhart, at 907-723-0550. But really, you know, it may be easier for families just to make a financial donation. One advantage to a financial donation is that because of our collective diaper bank efforts, we can get diapers um, at a lower cost, which means more diapers for our families.
0: Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.